listen to the Cosmopolitan Hour. Hey, I'm somebody from the room, see the room 100 times, and you're listening, Cosmopolitan Hour, whatever you're listening, they listen well, okay? I'm Tommy Wiseau, have a groovy time, bye. It just started, we're already getting booed. It's because Detroit just scored a goal against San Jose. Oh, Detroit. Well, they got not much else going on for them, aside from insane clown posse these days. So That's I, I got I'll let them have the hockey. Uh, so how are you? Oh, I'm well. I'm a little bit sad. Are we recording? Yeah. Okay. I'm a little I bit so. <laughs> I just couldn't see the screen was was kind of glared out by the beautiful sun. Yes. On a beautiful day. This is probably one of five that we'll get all year. So oh God, enjoy that's it. depressing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but despite the beautiful day, I'm still a little bit sad. Why? Well, because we had an election in Canada. That's right. And it didn't go the way that I wanted. Could it have gone worse though? Um, yes. There you go. I mean, the Conservatives could have won 100% of all seats. Right. Um, Instead, they only won, what, like half of them or something? They won a majority, so they got over 155. I believe the final total was 166. So, that's a lot. But, but as I told you yesterday or the day before or whenever it was, um, the... Canada's most left-wing party did get, well, unless you count the Marxist-Leninist party, but <laughs> they don't stand much of a chance, but the NDP got um, 104 seats, which is up, like, I think that's probably more than 100% more than they've ever had. Oh, good. So, good. That's good. That's encouraging. Yes, I'm happy about that. And my my candidate in my riding won, which means good. that Alberta, a very conservative place, was like all the map was all blue for the conservatives and there's one tiny little speck of orange for the new democratic party candidate who won in my riding that's so funny and then somebody posted a, a, a map like the the elections canada map you know uh -huh. that had all of the the ridings that had been uh -huh. won like color coded and with a somebody had added like you know a legend to the map or like uh -huh. a, you know pointed out what was going on in each of these areas uh-huh and so the my tiny little orange uh, orange dot in the middle of alberta was pointed out as terrified hipsters <laughs> do you consider yourself a terrified hipster um not really that but maybe in that himself. context yes that guy considers himself a oh, terrified dude. hipster for sure that guy has got a glossy bike helmet with a plaid stripe yeah expertly painted wearing his the riding his dutch city bike <laughs> on the sidewalk <laughs> and for that sir i should you. give you the finger <laughs> yes yeah the sidewalk riders have really been getting on my nerves and there have been a lot of them right yeah, like i totally saw a lot of three or four of them today and like mm -hmm. one of them seemed to expect me to move over for him, which yeah. I refused to do. <laughs> Good. Good for you. Because, um, yeah, if, uh, if I've got to deal with riding on the roads, then everybody else has yeah. to deal with riding on the roads, too. Because I'm really no better at <laughs> bike riding than anybody else, so whatever. Yeah, about um, an hour ago, I saw a guy riding the wrong way down a one-way street on the sidewalk. Awesome. It was it was totally awesome. I was like, wow, you're pissing off all kinds of people. 
it's yeah, it's bad. I mean, um, this guy doesn't know what to do with his sweet Dutch bike. Ride it. What to do with it? <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. I've turned turn, I've turned into a real asshole about bikes. That's <laughs> nice. But whatever. Well, it's better nice. than being an asshole about other things. It's true. I mean, it's it's better than being an asshole about cars. Yeah, we probably don't have enough bike assholes in the world, whereas we have an overabundance of, of car assholes. Perhaps. I I was speaking of me being an asshole about bikes and speaking of bikes. Um, I don't know if you saw, but there was actually a very heated debate about bike helmets on the PBK. Oh, I've been kind of absent from the PBK. I've yes. just been so so busy with my exciting life you know yes. I, I had to attend the royal wedding this weekend so right, you know right. that, that got me up tied time. up and then then i had to go kill osama bin laden so right. i've i've been so busy i just haven't had time to check up yes. on the PBK, and i mean so you're you were being awfully modest about it but you were campaigning for the ndp in canada you were yeah. you were widely credited with their drastic mm. rise in uh in seats in the house of commons so yeah yeah and um yeah. i've got curing cancer in my planner for next well, week so Thank but, you. you know, maybe I'll try and squeeze in a visit to the PPK every now and then. <laughs> but the, the, so the, um, the debates, yes. and I, perhaps I will get your opinion on this. Uh, it was innocent, it began as an innocent poll which simply asked whether or not you wear a bike helmet. And oh, okay. Most of the first people who responded said, yes, I wear a helmet. Or, yeah. like, I wear a helmet most of the time. Sometimes if I just am riding down the block, then I won't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, to the experienced eye, this this uh, survey is the fuse to a powder keg. Yeah, well, and then uh, and then it seems that a few other factions emerged, and uh, there was for one kind of the like hipsters who were like, well, maybe I should wear a helmet, but it doesn't really look cool, and you know whatever. And then there were a bunch of people from Europe who were like, well, nobody wears helmets here and I would look like an idiot if I wore a helmet. And yeah. it's way safer here anyways. Yeah. And so a big, big debate ensued where people were like, well, it doesn't really matter how good your laws are. And I was on this side, so mm -hmm. full disclosure. It doesn't really matter how good your laws are and how great your bike lanes are and whatever. Like, all it takes is like one wrong move for you to fall and potentially like brain injure yourself or kill yourself sure. forever and if a helmet can help that i say wear the fucking helmet i mean look at this hipster with his leopard pants and his helmet he's wearing a helmet if that guy can wear a helmet anybody could wear a helmet i can't see um, him sorry he walked see the by but he's a guy walked by wearing like skin tight leopard skin pants nice and you know lots of tattoos and a mustache and everything and uh, <laughs> and then wearing a helmet with his yeah. bike. So, so helmets are officially hipster territory They're now. They're cool. Well, I mean, which means that you have to wear them even though hipsters wear them. Right. You have to wear them. Right. Well, I mean, my, I'm not making much sense. Today. Sorry. <laughs> the whole thing, the thing that really bothers me is that, you know, I, I believe that people should be allowed to make their own decisions. Sure. I don't really agree with helmet laws necessarily. Right. Um, you know, I guess I, I guess generally I kind of come down on the side of like, well, you know, if you're going to let like religious people advocate for no condom use because they think it's, because they think condoms are bad, right. then like, if there's that level of personal freedom, then I think that the freedom not to wear a helmet and like, oh, there he is, there he is, there he is. Um, oh <laughs> yeah. That guy, your description did not do that guy justice. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, he, he was not wearing... 
uh, just some skin-tight leopard print pants. She was wearing ladies' leopard print leggings yeah. with capri orange flip-flops. Yeah, capri-length leggings with orange flip-flops and a shiny silver bike helmet. Yeah. That that was incredible. That was an experience. I'm so glad I got to see that. I'm pretty sure that he's gonna walk by again. So I'll try and Excellent. I'll try and alert you. This tourist is taking photos of us. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, we're characters. We are. No, we're the real Air San quotes. Francisco. San Francisco characters. Five dollars a pop. Um, <laughs> so yes, I, so, I I agree with your stance. I think it should. You know, it is obviously the intelligent thing to do. Yes, I think but, so. But, uh, you know, it is not something, you know, the, the, the common sense choice shouldn't always necessarily be the legally mandated choice. Right. Exactly. That is my opinion. Exactly. And I agree. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I felt like I was kind of hamstrung in the debate because I was too lazy to type out the very, very verbose responses that I wanted to make. Um, so I was hamstrung by my own laziness. But um, I don't know. I guess a lot of the arguments that were made just don't make any sense to me. I mean, if there's a chance that you could injure yourself or kill yourself and there's something that you could do to reduce the risk that doesn't really cost very much money, you know, helmets can be had for 20 to 30 bucks. Right. And that doesn't really cost you much else. I mean, maybe if you're really vain then that's an issue but i mean really so many people wear helmets that it's not like it's not this huge thing where somebody would look at you wearing your helmet and think oh my god yeah i mean even in places where wearing helmets is rare well i have still, to disagree I mean, with you on the europe issue i think it, it's you know People definitely don't wear helmets in Europe unless it's like a, you know, right, like a full-on like countryside Tour de France kind of thing. Right. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I totally see your point that you know it it only takes one instance. You know, no matter how good the roads are and how safe the drivers are, it only takes you to like fall over once and hurt yourself. Right. Um, but you know, you can make the same argument for skiing, like Natasha Richardson. Or yeah. Yeah. Was, that's was it true. Natasha Richardson who died? Or yeah, I think so. Maybe her sister, somebody. I think somebody. it was her. Julie but. Richardson. I don't know. It was it was one of them ladies who sadly passed away from a brain injury after skiing. But you know, you do see people on the slopes with helmets, but not a lot. You know, they're definitely in the minority. So, you know, I, I see that as slightly comparable, even if if downhill skiing is a slightly more elitist thing than than street cycling. But. Um, I, for me personally, I feel like the helmet is, my, I wear my helmet um, because I don't trust a lot of the drivers and I feel like if I were to get into an accident, it would be because of an outside force or outside entity, you know, not through a fault of my bicycle or myself, at least hopefully, <laughs> I like to think so. But at the same time, like, you know, the one bad bike accident I have been in was because um, I lost control of my bike going down a hill and it was right. just me. Right. So, See, that's, you know. that's kind of my thing is like, I guess I wouldn't necessarily impugn anybody else's riding ability, but I think... Mm -hmm. Technically speaking, I'm a fairly proficient cyclist. I mean, I ride in the city. I don't have issues with, you know, control or like, you know, I don't run into things. But at the same time, I do not trust myself to keep myself safe 100% of the time that I'm on the road. Yeah. And given that all that it takes is for me to make one spazzy move, 
<laughs> I need to protect myself from myself. And that's kind of, you know, like there's drivers and there's all kinds of bad things that can happen. And there's like component failure that could happen in my bike. And, you know, I'm uh, somebody made a very good point that, you know, you should be making sure to keep your bike well tuned and everything yeah. as well, which is very, very smart. But, I mean, basically shit happens and it may be a car mm -hmm. you know cutting you off or you may be getting doored or it may be something happening with your bike or it may mm -hmm. be you just like making a dumb call or not seeing a pothole or yeah, yeah. whatever else and I'm just like that's I mean a helmet might not save your life in every in every situation but it just seems like such a small price to pay for that potentially saving your life you know? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. So I guess I just don't, I'm not really convinced by the arguments. And then, okay, this is the one that really <laughs> Like, the Europe thing, like, I guess it's kind of a cultural thing, and I don't buy it, but, I mean, <laughs> lots of other people do, so whatever. But the thing that really got me is somebody was saying that, um, that wearing helmets or, like, having a pressure to wear helmets makes people think that cycling is more dangerous than it really is and so it will discourage people from cycling because okay, they see it as ridiculous. extreme and whatever <laughs> extreme and i was like well does that does wearing a seat does you know do cars coming with seat belts make you worry that driving in a car is too extreme well exactly and like i i said i made the analogy i said well that's kind of like saying that, you know, you, as a vegan, you shouldn't take a B12 supplement because that makes veganism look too yeah. hard and too extreme and like whatever. And this person was not convinced that, it was, that she wasn't talking about B12 supplements. That person was kind of retarded. But, um, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it just makes sense to me. And I want everybody to yeah. do what makes sense to me. <laughs> so Fair please, enough. can't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's too much to ask. No, hell no. <laughs> well, not to—I mean, not to belabor the the Europe thing too much, but um, I think also an issue in Europe is that at least the areas where where bicycling is really common. I mean, for example, like like people don't bike around London really. Right. If they bike right. around London, they bike around like they would in San Francisco. Like right. they have a helmet and they're fucking you know terrified half the time. Right. And, you know, looking over their shoulder to see if the car is going to run them down. Right. But you know, places like the Netherlands or you know, or or other, I don't know, like. I guess the Netherlands is the only place I've been that has like a huge bike culture, but yeah. you know, I know I know biking is very common in other parts of Europe, but at least from what I've seen in the Netherlands, it's like the bikes there are hell old and probably can't go much faster than two miles an hour unless they're going downhill. Yeah. And then and also um, there's just not as much um, traffic, right? And because and um, also the country's so flat there that there's you know, you don't really have any hills to right. go down or, you know, like get, pick up too much speed. So it's pretty slow going and um, most of the, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the problems we have here in, in North America is because pretty much our, you know, because Canada and America as countries are so young that our cities are built around car culture. Right. right. And so cars are able to go everywhere. So right. therefore, everywhere that bicyclists go pretty much is pretty much everywhere a car can go right. so the threat of being 
hit hit by a car is always there, but right. not so much in Europe where the cities are much older and right. they aren't necessarily built to accommodate a lot of vehicle traffic. Right. I and I mean I, I do understand that. And like I know that, you know, Dutch bikes generally those things weigh fucking eight hundred pounds yeah. and they don't go fast and you but know, they I, will survive a bomb. Yeah, I probably. mean, I yeah, I, like I, I know all that stuff, and I know that it's it is generally safer there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I still, I mean, it just it's like <laughs> that one chance. I mean, you're riding around on a 50 year old Dutch bike, and you yeah. do go down a hill, and you bail. Yeah. And that bike lands on you. Like, I don't know. I just that <laughs> I don't I don't know. But um, what was I gonna say? And you know the other thing is that actually when I when I went for my first training ride of the of the season um, <laughs> with Megan this Sunday uh, we went we rode out to Ocean Beach and a long a large part of that ride was um, on um, JFK Drive through Golden okay. Gate Park which oh, is right. normally a road with cars on it and yeah. it was closed to traffic for sun, for this Sunday and so there was tons of people and it was awesome it was really nice. really great you know there were no cars it's a really nice you know well-paved road it's like a few gradual hills but nothing crazy it's not like an extreme place to bike at all mm -hmm. but the thing is like just having so many other cyclists was actually kind of as scary or scarier than yeah. traffic for me because i'm a lot more used to riding in traffic and i would be like you know, I would be seeing all these like young children or all these people who weren't necessarily very experienced and they were like all over the place. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really don't want to hurt you or have you swerve like yeah. right in front of me and yeah. have me have to bail. Totally. So, I mean, that's something that I just can't really foresee. Um, <laughs> that man is laughing to himself, yeah. by the way, yeah. if, you, if you heard that listener. I just can't foresee like. I mean, with so much bike traffic in a place like the Netherlands, like, I mean, I would be scared of other cyclists. Yeah. You know, I mean, they wouldn't be able to run me over t necessarily, yeah. like a car. Yeah, yeah. But they could still, I mean, they could cause yeah. me to bail at any moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause me to die. So again. And especially when you're surrounded by so many bicyclists, if you bail, you run the chance of being run over by them or exactly. making them bail on top of you. And, exactly. Because you know. unlike a car, you can fall yeah. off a bike. I mean, yes. a car. You're, you know, you're somewhat protected. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're somewhat protected, but you're also like, it's stable, you know? Like, it's yeah. not like it requires motion to stay upright like a bicycle. Right, that's so, true. It's kind of, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it seems like a weird thing to me. I rode a bike for approximately half an hour in Amsterdam, and it was, it was sort of like, it was like one of those things, it was like on my list of things to do. So most people like they rent a bike in, in Amsterdam from one of the like big touristy places and they have it for like six hours and they ride it all around the city and stuff. And I was just like, I went and hired it and took it out for like half an hour and just took it out for a ride and then returned it. And I'm like, was there something wrong with the bike? I was like, no, it was just on my list of things to do, which was kind of embarrassing to admit now. I'm like, I probably could have like taken it out for longer and gotten my nine euros worth, but you know. Whatever. Um, but just from the, the half hour that I rode around, you know, the very touristy parts of Amsterdam, it, it was a little bit, you know, simultaneously very comforting, but also very terrifying to be yeah. with so many other cyclists. And I, I was in parts um, that had both, you know, cyclists and pedestrians only and uh, cyclists with vehicle traffic. Right. Um, 
but you know, at the same time, it was it was very slow. So you know, and I, especially those rental bikes. I mean, they're like the oldest of the old, so they're worse than than the residence bikes even. But um, yeah, I can understand that feeling of, of being kind of scared. And even though, and then later I saw. Um, I was staying with friends who live in The Hague, which is like an hour by train. So it's it's close, but it's it's more of like a, you know, it's less touristy. It's more of like a a business and financial centers right. and stuff. So um, one morning I was kind of like walking through the downtown area during rush hour and like all these people are riding bikes and it was like the bike lanes are literally the same size as the the vehicle lanes because there's so many people on bikes and they the bike lanes have their own traffic lights and like people actually observe them you know here you see people going through lights because it doesn't really matter if there's no cars coming but here there were like tons and and it was like a full-on it was full-on like rush hour traffic but on bikes right so, um, and that worries me. Yeah, like, I wouldn't want to be in that. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't like like as much as I I wish everybody would just stop driving pretty much and ride their bikes because it's seriously it is it is one of my absolute favorite things to do nowadays. Like if I get to go out and like ride my bike, I am super happy at that time. But but I mean it's yeah it's weird because you. You have to have a little bit more trust, I think, in your fellow cyclists. And like most of the time when I'm commuting, like I'll see other other bikers and and stuff. And that's you know I'm always happy to see other cyclists. Mm-hmm. And usually people are like you know happy to see. And sometimes people will like talk when you're stopped at a stoplight or whatever. But um, but yeah, like sometimes I'll see somebody like up ahead of me or something, and I'm like, oh, that person doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm just like, I need to stay away from that person. I don't want to be near them because, like, if they do something stupid and fall, then I don't want to be close enough that I can't stop. Yeah. Or in my path. So, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Everybody should ride a bike and everyone should wear a helmet. Good. I just mimed putting a gavel or banging a gavel. Judgment has been served. Yeah. I'm like a clay moro. From or Judge Judy. Claymore is tougher. <laughs> um, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, I rewatched that show on your suggestion, Sons oh. of Anarchy. It's, oh my god. It's Hades Chagall, man. Yeah. Seriously. She's my one of my role models in she, life. <laughs> she kicks so much ass. She is so so good. Oh my god. Um when we were rewatching that, um, I'll read something on IMDb because mm-hmm. you know whenever we get really into a show or a movie or something we always like just go on IMDb and just go crazy and research every little fact about the movie it's kind of dorky but um, I remember back when Married with Children was still on the air mm-hmm. and Katie Seagal got pregnant and they wrote it into the script that she and Ed were gonna or um, Al right. not Ed that's the actor's name she and Al were going to have another baby, and of course Al's like, oh god, and then um, tragically she had a miscarriage, and I remember, I remember because I I was watching Married with Children at that time, I think I was like 12 or something, Uh and I remember hearing about the miscarriage and thinking how sad that was, and so I remember the next few episodes, the next several episodes, they would be like, oh, where's mom, And, and Al would say, oh, she's out shopping again. So she had, you know, a few episodes off. And that's what I remember. Right. But Pronto was looking on IMDb. 
and maybe I didn't see this episode because apparently they wrote it into the show uh-huh. that Peggy Bundy wakes up and it was all a dream that she'd been pregnant in the first place. Crazy. Yeah, which is kind of like, I understand you have to wrap up plot lines, but at the same time, like, everybody knows that this miscarriage happened. Right. Like, maybe you can just kind of, like, quietly forget about it, you know? I mean, that, that happens in TV shows all the time, so. Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't necessarily... I didn't really watch that show because I, I always hated Al, the Al <laughs> so I never watched it. Um, probably because I just didn't really get it when I was <laughs> 10 or 11 or right. whatever. But I don't know. She's she is a fucking tough lady. Yeah, she's she kicks ass. Like in real life, teller. I think. But she's oh, like, in real life, yeah. yeah. But she's also like... I'll believe it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I remember I looked her up and she's... she's She's like a scrappy person, you know, where it's like she's had kind of a weird career where she's uh-huh. been, she's been like now like a bunch of iconic people, but she's never had like crazy success or right. I'm sure that she does pretty well, but, yeah, yeah. but it's kind of like, this, you know, it's the kind of work where it's like when you're not working, what do you do, right? And yeah. But it's really inspiring to see, I think, like a woman of her age as yeah. well, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, and now she's really coming into her own, and like, yeah. you know, she was on Lost, and they were, they obviously right. recognized right. her as a, as a really amazing actress there, she was a, was like a complicated character that she had on that mm-hmm. show, and then now, like, playing uh, Gemma on yeah. Sons of Anarchy, she's, it's like, it's gotta be like a dream role for any actress, yeah. you know? <laughs> I have to admit, I kind of um, rewatching all those episodes. I kind of fell into a um, a fantasy where you know we could start a, a girl, an all girl vegan motorcycle gang. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I thought, well, I guess uh, Oakland and or San Francisco don't quite have the small town uh, quaint allure that Charming does. Yeah, we'd have to have we'd have to be a much bigger gang. Yeah. Oh, guy's got true capoeira pants on. Yes, yes, he does. A peasant blouse. And he's about to get harassed by the by the lone laugher drinking Coors. Yes, he's drinking Coors. Coors. Oh, oh, hey, ma'am. When you're broke, you drink what you can. But you can get grosser stuff with more alcohol for cheaper. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I know this. Maybe he's trying to watch his finger. I was a teenager one. Fair enough, fair enough. He's probably trying to watch his weight, his uh, figure. Perhaps. He's offering his jacket that's very chivalrous. That is really nice. Um, he's actually like sort of cute in like a, like, you need to seriously get your act together kind of way. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Patton, pattern, picking up hobos. I'm a, I'm a dirtbag magnet. Yes. I'll tell you. He's, Jack Kerouac Alley does tend to uh, draw its interesting crowd. It's of dirt bags. Yeah. Yes, well. And tourists who are also a, another form of dirt bag. It's always kind of funny to see that interaction, you know, and like that uh-huh. kind of like bringing together of the two <laughs> worlds. Yeah. The dirt bags and the. Yeah, I can't remember if I um, mentioned this on the podcast, but a few weeks ago um, here in North Beach, I had. What I'm not sure if it was a backhanded compliment or not, but I'm oh, gonna yeah. take it as an outright compliment. Where um, some tourists were looking at a map as I was crossing the street towards them, 
And uh, as I approached, I heard the man say, well, here's a local if I ever saw one. Let's ask her. <laughs> I thought, I would take I'm not sure what you meant by that, but I'll take it as a compliment. Yes, take it as a compliment. <laughs> I think of that often. Yes. You told me this yeah. like, right after it happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I would definitely take it as a compliment. I would. Good, I, good. I've actually been striving for a similar kind of recognition every time nice. I go out to the health food store. <laughs> well... I thought but, I might get oh, it today you, oh, you with, my, yeah, okay. with my bare arms and yeah. stuff. I thought I might get it today. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got it in the office. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, um, speaking of cycling and starting yes. a girl cycling gang. Yes. I think although we should. Mo motorcycles, bicycles, you know, we could kind of... We need to get our licenses and a bunch yeah. of money to buy motorcycles. <laughs> Well, that's where the drug, the, the gun running comes in. That's true. Nobody would suspect us. Plus, do you have any contacts with the real IRA? Hmm. Well, I mean, you know that our office has represented a lot of health angels. That's true. That's yeah. true. I actually, I've, I'm Call so your family obsessed. up in uh, Edinburgh and see if right. any of them are like chibs and have right. an in okay. with the IRA. Okay. Right. I love how there's like a, how there's like a, I think you said he's from Glasgow. So yes, there's a Glaswegian is. in the, mm -hmm. in the motorcycle game. And his, um... He, the actor is from like a really rough part of Glasgow. And he sounds his, his, he sounds real. Yeah. Oh yeah, he sounds very real. But then again, Charlie Hunnam, who plays yeah. Jax, also sounds real, and he's from England. Yes, so that's true. Yes, but um, yeah, that that actor is from a really rough part of Glasgow, and his scars are real. They're the result of a mugging. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I um, I keep meaning to to look more into this, but. Um, when I was in law school, I went to um, I went to see the the doctor at the clinic for uh -huh. the students, and uh, the, the doctor was was from Glasgow. Oh, cool! And he um, can't remember how it came up. I think I asked him, you know, what part of Scotland he was from. So I told him that my dad was from Glasgow. And so the doctor and I started talking, and this doctor apparently was kind of like a history buff, and he was really obsessed with all the knife gangs that used to be in Glasgow. Whoa. And that used to be like a big thing. Like, it used to be a big gang town. And I think there's still I, some, but it used to, but like, the way that the gangs used to be, they were like knife gangs. You yeah. Know? Like, they would, you know, cut you up. And yeah. So that's pretty crazy that he has all those like real scars because yeah. maybe that's a residual thing yeah yeah apparently Definitely. like it was it was you know like gangs of new york style but yeah not well glasgow is still the most violent city in europe way to go my people yeah <laughs> good job um so um yeah speaking of of bicycling yes and girl gangs now that we're not talking yeah. about you know <laughs> knives and yeah. whatever um I watched a classic horror movie, or oh. I, I guess I should say classic thriller slash suspense, okay. um, called And Soon the Darkness. Okay. I think that's what it's called. It's from, I believe from 1970 or 1969. It's a British film about two young British nurses who are on a, a cycling holiday in France. Okay. And so... Um, they're cycling through the remote countryside in France and uh, without helmets. Right. And <laughs> and then they they have a row, as they would say. Right. And they separate. And then later, when the one feels bad and goes back to find her friend, her friend is gone, mm -hmm. and um, she finds out there's a serial killer in the area. So um, and apparently they did a remake, an American remake in 2008, that huh. takes place in like Argentina or something What's like it that. Called? I think it's 
called the same thing oh, in, okay. in Soon the Darkness. Huh. Um, so it made me laugh because it was, you know, it's the two women do, on their cycling holiday. And, um, and the movie ends with like a shot of another two women on another cycling holiday, like, you know, going down the same road. Oh, and no. stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> and so it made me laugh. I was like, that's me and Jordan. So <laughs> we're going to go on a cosmopolitan hour cycling holiday and get murdered. Yay! Which one of us will go first? <laughs> Place, Place your best. <laughs> But the funny thing was, um, and I feel like this was a trend for movies, like, pretty much in the 1970s. I mean, I think this is from 1969, but, you know, close enough, right? Whatever. Um, totally. Where there would be, um, like, the credit music would be completely inappropriate and out of context for the, the movie's subject. Right. So, like, for this one, it's about a thriller, you know, a serial killer, you know, suspense. And the opening song... And apparently the song that is the number one hit in all of France and is continuously on the radio in France and on every jukebox in every small uh -huh. town cafe in France is this brass song. I'll, I'll like YouTube it and insert it here. It was an interesting movie. My grandmother, uh, before she immigrated, during the Second World War, was she was basically a nurse. I think that she kind of was like a rehabilitative uh -huh. specialist, whatever. She was young and she would ride around uh, Britain delivering supplies on a bicycle oh, cool. during the blackouts. And <laughs> she actually, one time, uh, despite, and maybe this is why I am loath to trust myself on a bike, but she one time was um, was riding drive, or like riding some supplies somewhere and she just hit like a dip in the road and she bailed and she knocked out all of her front teeth. Ooh, and uh, but she made her delivery. Good for her. But now I think both her and my dad have like false teeth in the front. I mean, I think that now she has a full upper plate because uh -huh. she's 90. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> but yeah, she's a she's a tough old broad, but nice. I still would not want that to happen to me. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone does. And maybe a helmet wouldn't have prevented it, but maybe it would have. <laughs> Who knows? Um, well, when I busted my teeth, I was wearing a helmet. And it helps. I, I definitely would have had a lot worse than busted yeah. teeth if I hadn't been wearing the helmet. But the helmet did not, in fact, protect my busted teeth. Yes. yes. <laughs> I think it depends very much on the angle that you hit. True. Yes. And whether or not you hit the tail light of a car with your face or not. But now I've got some nice, oh, pretty fakes. Right. So. <laughs> right. Well, I have to say, I've never had a really bad bike accident. Like, I guess the worst that I've ever had was when I was very very young and I was just really stupid and I tried to ride my I can't I was just I don't know what I was doing I tried to ride my bike down the front concrete stairs of my house mm -hmm. and like I wasn't consciously trying to ride the bike down the stairs I just for some reason thought that I was already down or something like I just and I totally like I didn't realize what happened so I fell down like six or eight concrete Ooh. stairs on my bike and whatever and that 
That sucked, but I wasn't hurt that badly. I was mostly just really shocked and then yeah. like felt really dumb. Those are the best kind of injuries to suffer or to your ego. <laughs> right, right. Um, so in the uh, intervening weeks while we were away, yeah. because um, I don't know if you saw my Facebook status on behalf of the Cosmopolitan Hour, oh, but yes. um, uh, Canada came and took you oh, back. Oh yeah, that's right, that's and right. I, 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 had to fight, I had to fight Canada in a swamp to get you back. So um, that's why we were gone for a while. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was very distracted by that woman's boobs. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> well, they were like, I was just like, what's going on there? I, yeah. It looked like she almost had two sets or something. It was weird. <laughs> sorry. Apologies. All four boobs. Yeah. Ah, anchor steam. The nectar of the gods. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not joining you in another whole pint, but That's okay. I have to try and ride my bike. Yeah, so. I also weigh approximately 50 to 60 pounds more than you, so. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what to say to that kind of thing. <laughs> Check this out. Whoa, Canadian dollars. Yep. I don't know why I keep carrying it around in my wallet. Sir it's a Canadian $10 McDonald's. bill. Well, someday you can go back and use it. Yeah, but I should put it somewhere besides my wallet. <laughs> I think. Yeah. But aren't they so much prettier than American money? They're very pretty. This one, the $10 bill is purple. And, and with a touch of, of blue and green. red. And, and green and yeah. yellow on the other side. And then it has like a holographic stripe. Yeah. Oh, and then this is this is the neatest safety feature that I think is actually kind of funny and stupid. Um, this See this here? These uh -huh. little like marks? Yeah. They don't really mean anything, right? Uh -huh. But when you hold it up what? to the light, it becomes a 10. Yes. That's amazing. And then you can see the watermark of Sir oh, Johnny yeah. McDonald. And then... It's like one of those portraits you get when you're a kid where there's like... A, a, a portrait shot, like three quarters view, right. and then there's a smaller, like, right. ghost image in right. the corner of you in profile. Um, oh, and the, the other thing about this is that it has braille. That's that's awesome. So, in other words, Canada's money basically looks like any other first world country, <laughs> except for America. <laughs> Because I mean, here in America, all our money is fucking the same color. Well, let's see. It has no holographic shit. It's all the same size. So yeah, blind okay. people can't tell what the hell they're paying with. So there we go. We've got a Canadian and American $10 bill next to each other. Um, <laughs> the Canadian is, is bigger. Well, yes, let's, let's do a money comparison. Welcome to Financial Matters with Erica and Jordan. So the American one is slightly longer, and yes. the Canadian one is slightly taller. Yes, okay. this is true. And then, okay, so... Um, I would say the difference in, in either instance is about... Um, it's about three maybe, millimeters. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Or perhaps uh, three sixteenths of an inch. Perhaps. <laughs> um, the Canadian one has a hologram. Yes. Uh, which the American one is clearly lacking. That would yes. be the main uh, deduction for me in my book yeah. for the American $10 bill. Yeah, I mean, the American does have like this kind of metallic ink on one. It says 10 yeah. in That's metallic ink. That's definitely then... an improvement over the, the most recent series of $10 bills. Yeah, and then it has like this little thing that's like the torch of the, the Statue of Liberty, and mm -hmm. that's in sort of shiny ink. 
and it says it has like a lot of layers of things like this yeah this is really sophisticated it's here where they've really printed, poor graphic design they've really. printed we the people and then they've printed in a different font in all caps the word 10 like right over top of we the that's people true, right that's in the middle true. and then they've put over top of that the seal of the department treasury. of the treasury so yeah there's a lot of shit going on there yeah, and but then we, there's like a number. Yes. But I guess the Canadian one has... But we have caught up to you in terms of this the watermark, because see this little oval here? Hold that up to the light. Oh, oh bam. Who's that? It's Hamilton. Is that who that is? I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Okay, so then on the back. On the back... We have like war memorial stuff. We have, we have like the first verse of In Flanders Fields. Holy shit, you have like poetry on your fucking money. <laughs> That's incredible. You know, Jesus. This Christ. is really weird, but I think that we, that I, th I think that I still know that entire poem off by heart. Jesus. It also has like, kind of like a global map, which I think is like everywhere that Canadian peacekeeping troops have been. Okay. So that's the thing. There's a woman here on the Canadian thing, and she's she's wearing a blue beret, uh -huh. which means that she's a peacekeeper, which is Canada's... She's, she's got some binoculars, so she's yeah. keeping an eye out for trouble. Yeah. Like, Canada's military is a peacekeeping force, not uh -huh. like the American military. Sure. Yeah. So, also, our money is bilingual. That's true. Yeah. Well, ours is too. We have Latin, I think. Is an e pluribus unum on there somewhere? Or maybe that's just on, on coins. Oh. Um, oh, maybe not. I don't see it. Boo. It says in God we trust. Yeah. See of God. And then, yeah. And um and on the back of the ten the American ten dollar bill, all we have is a boring ass picture of the US Treasury building. <laughs> because yeah. nothing inspires patriotism. Like a lithographic wood cutting of the U.S. Treasury building. Right. So, so in this battle, Canadian versus American money, who wins? I think the answer is clear. The Canadian ten dollar bill wins. Also, this is this is kind of a kick in the pants to me, but the Canadian ten is worth more. Oh, take that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much whatever side of the border I'm on, yeah. the money will be worth less. Because I remember, we should like, go into foreign currency speculation. We should. We can, can really uh, tie up that market with my special powers. You can be powers. my cooler. Yeah. Yeah. And be like, all right, I predict. Uh, well, I guess the Deutschmark wouldn't really work anymore because they're all euros now. But right. All right. I I predict that the Japanese yen will go down in August, and then I'll buy you a, a nice little vacation package <laughs> to Japan in August, and then. All right. <laughs> okay. I will, I, I will hold you to that. Nice, nice. Let's set it up. <laughs> All right. Um, Financial partnership. <laughs> it's in the bag. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the big scandal that we missed while we were absent is uh -huh. um, the Veg News. Oh, um, have we not talked about that? Stock Photo Gate 2011. Oh my God! I felt I felt that we talked about that. We need we need a, a witty uh, story headline like the Daily Show. Right. Lock stock into smoking barrels. Um, let me think for a second. Stock blocked. The Veg News Gate scandal of 2011. Either that or put him in the stocks. Oh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Veg News was, was uh, yeah, outed. In case you've been under a rock. In case you've been under a rock. Veg News was outed for um, using stock photographs to illustrate not only kind of editorial content and like general kind of write-ups, but um, recipes. And the real... And cover photos as well. Yes, I'm sorry for the scene. Salud. Thank you. Um, but the real kicker was that um, the, the stock photos that they used were of meat. Yes. And they used them knowing that they were of meat. Yeah. So I think the big smoking gun was the... Um, the so-called vegan rib picture, right. where they, where Veg News bought a stock photo of actual animal ribs with, with barbecue and stuff, and with bones sticking out of them, and photoshopped the bones out, right, to give it a more satanic appearance, right, pun intended. And then the, and then the, the text that went along with that photo was something like, "We love these ribs. We eat them every day." <laughs> Do like, you? Do you yeah. really now? Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but I mean, the worst thing was that. They were they were caught doing this, and um, the blog Cory Girl was the one that um, that kind of broke the story. Uh -huh. And I have a very mixed opinion of Cory Girl, but um, yeah, as but do I. Think, I. <laughs> I think they I think they did good this time around. Definitely, um, Veg News deserved it. Um, but so when they were when they were confronted with all of this, mm -hmm. then they issued a statement that basically said. We're sad that people are reacting this way, <laughs> and you know, blah blah. We had to do it or whatever. Like basically a complete and utter cop out, while kind of condescendingly yes. implying that you know we shouldn't be so upset about it. Yes. You know, the readers and the the vegan yes. community. And then after I think another five days or something yes. like that, then they issued an apology. They said we yeah. screwed up. We're sorry. But they still were saying like you know it was we only did it when it was absolutely necessary and like no. there's no you know we're committed to making it better. But they still like just kind of they made all these really like not so subtle digs yeah. at the vegan community and people who are upset about it, basically implying that they had no right to be upset and that they should you know yeah shut up and whatever get the fuck over yeah and I mean which to me like you know. This, this particular issue, I mean, yeah, it's very upsetting in general to have this going on, you know, to right. be representing, and, and they, they use some bullshit buzzword like symbolic imagery. Right, right, and, yes, you know, they're saying like, that they were only using it for some, like, as symbolic yeah, imagery. Yeah, like, which is bullshit. Like, if they were talking about veggie burgers in general, then they right. would have, but, but, which was a right. lie, but. Yeah. Even but, if that you know, had been it, it still would But even sucks, leaving but. the vegan issue aside, it just makes sense that if you're printing a recipe... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Then you print a picture of what the fucking recipe looks like when right. you've made it. You don't right. post a completely unrelated picture that has some ingredients in common right. with the recipe. Like, that's... Right. Like tacos. That is not specific to veganism, a right. vegan audience. Right. That is... A basic that's, rule of publishing right. food-related content. I mean, that's just that makes sense. Right, right. And it, you know, I think that they were saying, you know, oh, we just we couldn't afford to. Uh -huh. But, yeah. but it, I mean, I know for a fact that you know there were, and I'm sure that this happened often, where the authors of the recipes would yes. offer to provide a photo, and they would turn them down. And they've got, you know, their columnists include like Colleen Patrick Goudreau, right? Isa Chandra Moskowitz. These are people with access 
two very good quality photos of right. vegan food. And who could take them themselves? Exactly. I mean, Issa does a lot of her own photography, exactly. and it's yeah. very good. And I know that she, on several occasions, had offered to provide photos along with her recipes. And sometimes they would take her up on it, and sometimes they wouldn't. Right. I mean, virtually every other other magazine and publication that she has um, that she has appeared in, like Bust magazine, uh-huh. um, has either photographed the recipe right for her or used her photographs. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like Bust magazine, I think is a really good like comparison because Benjamin says, "Oh, we're just this tiny little niche magazine, whatever." Yeah. I mean, Bust Magazine is not much bigger, you know? Well, they are now. Maybe. I think they're much bigger now. Maybe. But I, you know, Best a few years ago when I was when I was reading them, they were definitely, you know, the same size as Veg But I mean, Veg claims to have a readership of, you know, something like 250,000. Huh. So, that's a lot of people. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think Bust is that much bigger. Yeah, I suppose that's true. So, I mean... I think that it's just they're they kind of we don't see as much of the veg news market right. as we see of the bus market because the bus is more targeted towards people like us. Or right. veg news is frankly targeted towards people with more money. Yeah. And like people with a lot of weird health neuroses. Yeah. So, I mean, have you seen the vitamin ads in that thing? Oh my yeah. god. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have to say I hadn't bought veg news for a long time because um, yeah. Frankly, all the like wedding shit and all the, just all the, just the lame tone of the magazine really turned me off. And then, you know, when a friend of mine worked for them and I heard about how shitty they were yes. to her, then that really turned me off. As um, did, as did it to me. <laughs> what, how do you say that? I, don't, I think that was good. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. I, think I felt the, the same thing. way. Yes. <laughs> but... You know, this, I wasn't so alienated that, you know, like if they'd have come out with something amazing that I wouldn't have bought it, except that now, yeah, I pretty much am. And it's yeah. not because of the photos, it's because of the way that they reacted. Exactly. And like the contempt that they yes. showed for people who were upset about it. A little humble pie never hurt anybody. No kidding. Humble pie is vegan. Yeah. Crow may not be, but humble, humble pie, pie is definitely vegan. vegan. So eat up. Right. I Veg mean, news. And the thing is, the, the thing that really drove me crazy is like so many after this whole thing happened and veg news didn't really apologize mm. and people were really pissed off yeah rightfully then a lot of like bloggers started coming to veg news's defense and saying mm. you know all oh, the vegan community needs to pull together and we're making yeah. <laughs> veganism look bad and you know all you people you're looking too militant and you're turning people off veganism and i mean honestly it was just the stupidest argument I've ever heard in my entire life. For one, this veg news thing, it was not low profile. It was not like vegan specific news. This yeah, was it was on the Huffington Post. The it New was York in the New York Times. Times. CNN. Okay, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, these all covered this like hypocritical vegan magazine and laughed at it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the message that a non-vegan person takes from this news story is vegan food is so gross. Mm. That and so unappetizing that not even a committed vegan magazine can use it, you know, yeah. in its publication. So I mean, and then, but obviously the problem is with the people who, who uh, want bring that to, that to light and want right. it to change, right. and not with the people perpetrating it. Right. 
and I mean, so many of these bloggers are just saying, you know, oh, well, you know, they're, they've done so much good. And honestly, what has Bitch News done? <laughs> and I'm, I'm serious, and I know other people have asked. That is a good, earnest question. I would like to know the answer myself. I mean, I know that they have claimed a lot of responsibility for, for you know, like sponsoring things, like vegan drinks. But they didn't actually do anything. All that they ever really did was show up. Yeah. at an event that they, they co-opted didn't even, from another group yeah, they put a bunch of their flyers on drinks. the table. Yeah. yeah. And they don't, you know, they haven't organized really any drink specials. I mean, vegan drinks, was, I think that there's now, like, they have one drink special, but the, the first, like, six or eight months, and every time that I would go, there were no drink specials. There was, it was just vegans showing up at a bar. Yeah. Which, you know, it's fine. That's nice and everything. Yeah. But, um... It's not exactly it's not like, something like you're doing sponsored. for the community. Right. right, and it's not sponsored. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. <laughs> and, and, like, you know, I was trying to think of other things. I, I can't think of anything that they've really done. Well, they sponsor VegFest, but that's just so that they can sell all the books that get sent to them to be reviewed for free. But, I mean, how much do they really, like, they're certainly not the only sponsor. Yeah, it's, it's them and the Vegetarian Society, San Francisco Vegetarian Society, and, um, they're, but they're the main sponsor. That's why they're always, like, the main booth when you first right. walked in. But, but how much does it really cost to put that thing on? People oh. are charged admission. Yeah. So how much do they really do besides yeah. put their name oh, on yeah, the thing nothing, as a sponsor? Nothing, not much. Exactly, and that's, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of my point. And maybe point. throw it's some like, money at them, but, you know. But, but I don't think that they even necessarily oh, probably you go. You really can do. Oh, another look at him. Oh, see, they're weird, right? They're fake. That's why they look weird. I guess I haven't seen a lot of fake ones. Hers are really bad fake ones. I mean, she, <laughs> like, she's cute and everything. Yeah. I, just, I was distracted because they look so weird. Um, yeah, bad fake ones look weird. Okay. <laughs> they're probably uh, sailing. Look at me, the boob job expert. Yeah, no kidding. What the... <laughs> I live in California. I'm know? a boob job expert. Come on. Okay. <laughs> then I finally get mine. <laughs> Just like Lizbeth Solander. <laughs> uh, actually, I was thinking more like uh, Jodie Foster in, uh, or no, not Jodie Foster, Bridget Fonda in uh, Singles. Oh, God, it's been so long since I saw that movie. That's Mike's cousin. That's right. You told me. That's hilarious. I think I might actually be meeting her for the first time ever. That's like awesome. when we go to Palm Springs for his grandma's 90th Aww. birthday. I'd be more excited about meeting Danny Elfman, her husband. It's, it's going to be weird, I think. I'll, like, I don't know. I've met her mom. Her mom oh, is like a lovely, lovely person. Aww. But she was really disarming. Like, I was, you know, we were talking one day and she just stopped me and she's like, You're so cute. Like, <laughs> you are. Well, I didn't know what to say. I don't, yeah. cute is not what I'm going for. Right. And Fair enough. <laughs> For one, but I, mean, I, I can understand the impulse to stop and just be like, Jordan, you're so cute. But I don't, yeah, well, I mean, I just didn't know what to say. I mean, yeah. I was just kind of like, thank you. <laughs> she probably didn't mean it the same way you thought. I mean, I'm sure that, I, like, yeah. I, I took it as a compliment, but I just, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't. That is disarming. I, I can understand. Yes. yes. Um, although I can, I've had, um two experiences now that where I thought that the same thing was happening but it wasn't which is worse far worse okay um, the first time was I was meeting 
um, a relative of my partner, and my partner is Indian, and so his relative obviously had an Indian name. Her name was Preeti, P-R-E-E-T-I. And so I said, hi, America. And she puts out her hand. She says uh, something like, oh, well, pretty. And I was like, oh, thank you. Because I thought she was saying, like, oh, you're pretty. And I was like, oh. And she's like, no, I'm pretty. I was like, oh. Embarrassing. And then, like, a few weeks ago, Darrow came into the office and said something. And I thought she said, like, you look cute today. And I was like, oh, thanks. And she's like, what? And I was like, wait, what did you say? And she goes, did you bring your dog today? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's far worse than actually being told you're cute. I suppose. <laughs> Unless it's by a gross dude in the street, which right. I've been suffering, unfortunately, a lot of lately, and it's gross. It's hard to be so hot. That's <laughs> the moral of today's podcast. Well, that, that is the other thing I was going to talk about, was that... Like, it happened to me sometime, yeah, it was last week, because uh-huh. I was, um, I got really sick last week, right? and then I was still kind of getting over it the rest of the week, and so I was walking home from BART one day, and the first street, like, um, I take two streets, like, I go down one street, and then make a right on another street, and the, you know, so I just basically walk down two streets to get to my house. Okay. Um, so the first street I walk on from the BART station is more of a, you know, more of a main road and there's always a lot of people hanging out on the street. And in particular, there's a lot of liquor stores on that block and there's usually a lot of dudes, like, you know, pretty much like your, your average shipper type, right. um, hanging out, doing nothing all day in front of the liquor stores. Um, and they usually say something rude when you walk by, although, you know, they think it's a compliment. They think you're going to be totally stoked that a complete stranger who has nothing better to do but hang out in front of a liquor store all right. day finds you attractive. Right. Um, so the other day I was walking home and um, I had my iPod in, my iPod on, and I was listening to something and I saw this group of five guys and I was just like, it's and it's horrible because I've gotten to the point where I'm on that, if I'm on that street and I see at least one or two guys, I automatically assume, like, all right, what are they going to say? Right. And I hate having to make that assumption, you know? Yeah. So I'm uh, walking down, I see this group of, like, four or five guys, and I'm like, oh, great, what are they going to say? And I walk by, and, like, one of them, like, you know, kind of offers me, like, Street Sheet, which is, like, the, the, the newspaper that, like, homeless guys sell in the area uh-huh. um, to, like, earn money. And um, so I kind of, like you know, waved and said, no, thank you, and kept walking, and then, like, all the guys he was with, all of a sudden, like, all at once, were like, hey, baby, hey, girl, what's your name, uh, hey, hey, love, love, like, saying all, like, all of them at once, and I think because they were in a large enough group, they just kind of built off each other, right. and, like, it escalated instead of, like, chilling the fuck out, right, and um, so they kept, like, talking, and I kept walking by, and finally, I hear one of them, one of them says, like, girl, I want to pay your rent. And I was just like, ew, gross, I'm like a fucking whore, you know? And so I stopped and I took my one of my earbuds out and I was like, and you know, I mean, you know me, normally yeah. my default is to like drop some really foul language and scream at a guy and you know, start a fight and nearly get myself stabbed. And, right. Know. But I think because I was still sick and I was literally sick and tired, um, I was exhausted. And I, I just didn't have the fight in me. And I, I just turned and I said, 
please stop talking about my appearance. It's really rude. And then I kept walking. So I don't know if they said anything or whatever. Aww. I didn't get to catch the reaction. But it totally bummed me out for like the next day. Yeah. I was like really upset by that experience. And it seems like such a little thing. I mean, I don't, there are people who are like assaulted and much right. worse things are said to them. And there right. are people facing racism and, you know, physical violence. But, it, you know, I, I'd still be lying if I said that it didn't, you know, really bother me and affect me and make me feel two feet tall, you know? And um, so, yeah, I just got, I've been really ranty about dudes who say shit on the street now. Yeah, I, I hear that. I mean, I don't get a lot of it. And I think partly, honestly, some of it is because I dress like a teenage boy and I have headphones. If I'm walking around, I mean, I'm walking around in like a hoodie uh-huh. and, you know, Chuck Taylors and with headphones stuffed in my ears. And I mean, I don't, you know, I, I honestly, I'm not sure that I really register as like a grown woman to a lot of these people. <laughs> Which is okay with me, but uh-huh. yeah, I, I wish I had that yeah. going on at times like that. <laughs> but I mean, it, it does happen sometimes, and when it does, like it's always really shocking. It's one of those things where you're—I don't know—I a lot of times I will like turn around and be like, "Fuck you, man!" Like, shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. But sometimes I just won't say anything, or I won't know what to say, and I just—and that really pisses me off—is that it's taken me off guard, and it's like made me. I don't know, uncertain about what to say, or it's just, it's taken me so off guard that I yeah. don't, I don't have time to react the way that I want to react. And then, yeah, of course, it takes 15 practice. seconds later, <laughs> I'm, I know exactly what I want to say, but yeah. just sometimes, like, you're not expecting it, you're walking along, you're listening to your music, or you're concentrating on something else, and then somebody says something like that to you, and you're just kind of like, yeah. you know, it takes, it takes a second, and that... That always really pisses me off because it's like I feel like I don't have an opportunity to kind of take it back yeah. in that moment, you know? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Be like, even if even if that's what they want to hear, for me personally, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I would rather tell you to fuck off than to yeah. not say anything. Of course I would. Even if you like it, I've made my feelings clear yeah. and I've like had a voice here and that's yeah. what I want. I don't yeah. want you to just be able to say whatever the hell you want and then I shut up because I don't want to give you the gratification. Yeah. I want to give myself the gratification yeah. of telling you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that, um, and I have this problem a lot where, um, I, I guess I'm just too hot-headed, <laughs> um, where something will really upset me and piss me off, and not just on a superficial level, like I can feel that it's like a profound sense of injustice that motivates this, this feeling of being upset. But I have a difficult, uh, I have difficulty articulating why exactly it upsets me. This is one of those things where I'm like, you know, I mean, I vaguely understand that, like, you know, it's this idea that they have the freedom to say whatever they want about a stranger's body because she's a woman and because um, she somehow needs validation from a man that she's attractive right. in order to go on with living her life or right. to, you know, and I, I don't know, maybe it's because men are, are traditionally supposed to be the aggressive ones and in relationships and they're supposed to pursue the women and ask the women out. Right. So maybe that's why people, why men feel that they can make these sort of comments in public to a stranger. But I still have trouble articulating all that and right. like 
And obviously, it's it's difficult to articulate that to the jerk who's saying that shit right. to you. Right. But um, well, and and would you even necessarily want to? I mean, yeah. they don't really give a shit necessarily why it's True. okay for them to say that. Yeah. Well, I think you know. I think a lot of the people that say that kind of stuff to me in particular is because you know a lot of women react favorably to it, at least right. in my neighborhood. Right. Well, and and it's like a type of flirting, you right. know? Although, you know, to me, it's like a really aggressive form of flirting that I would right. rather not receive. Well, so. but, you know, like, there's there's different ways of doing it, too. You know, when I first came to San Francisco, um, and uh, I was staying at the YMCA in the Tenderloin, I, you know, I, I had a lot of people, like, a lot of people on the street just kind of, like, talk to me and, uh-huh. and say stuff about me. But, like... A lot of the comments that I got were things like, hey, I really like your haircut. Yeah. Or like, you know, your jacket is really cool. I'm like, that's yeah. that's very different than being kind of like, totally hey, baby. Because yeah. that, and then, hey, like, girl, you, know, you look good. Yeah, yeah, like if some homeless guy is like, hey, I like your haircut, and then they, you know, they hope that I give them change, or, or yeah. even if they just want to talk to somebody and that's their opening line, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty willing to be like, Thank you, you know. Well, it's seeing like Whatever. an individual facet of your appearance rather right. than you as an object. Well, and, like, and I guess I want to fuck that. And I, but I, I mean, that's definitely a part of it. I think it's also though that like that's kind of that's kind of like an acceptable like I could say that back to a man. Exactly. You know, I could say exactly. that hairstyle looks good on you or whatever. But saying something like you know, hey baby, yeah. I want to pay your rent. Like, that's not something that goes both ways. You no, know? it's I not. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe that's I could true. pay your rent, but um, I'm not going to say that to a dude. Yeah, and not not just because I'm not an asshole in that way. I totally had one of those, um, the French call it the ghost in the stairwell, I think, where you think of a, a good comeback oh. when it's too late. Um I mean, I think mine was pretty good because it, it wasn't angry and it forced them to be like, Whoa. It seemed to disarm um, them from what yeah, you said. <laughs> apparently. Um, but, you know, there's always, I can pay my own damn rent. Which isn't a very snappy comeback, but hey, it's true. Right. Women's lib, man. I yeah. can work for a living. Yeah. You should just, I like, <laughs> every, every woman should just get, like, a copy of that like TLC song, Independent <laughs> Ladies or whatever, yeah. and then like when something like that happens, that's, you could just be like, click, and turn it on. That's exactly what Pranjal said when I told him the story. He's like, TLC, blah yeah. blah. blah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, we. I I reserve the right to be nickel and dime to death like any other man in this right. country. Right. Right. <laughs> But I think there is a hesitancy for women to talk about this because, um, at least in a disparaging manner, you know, and let, you know, they don't appreciate that kind of attention because I've seen it happen where a woman will say, like, I was really bothered because this guy told, you know, kept coming up to me and bothering me and telling me how pretty I was. And people think that she's trying to, like, indirectly brag. Right. And it's like... Dude, that's not, I don't feel like bragging about that. When right. somebody comes up to me, like, that makes me feel gross. Yeah. And it makes me feel small. It makes me feel like they're asserting dominance over me. And it, frankly, it makes me feel a little ashamed, which is right. ridiculous. And it's right. total bullshit. And I shouldn't feel ashamed. But it does. It's right. that ingrained gender role bullshit. I mean, and the worst thing, it, though, or not the worst thing, but I mean, part of that is that sometimes people <gasps> do that. Terrier, Boston Terrier, Boston Terrier. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I 
I've definitely known women in my life who do kind of brag about that. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, and that, and then I'm just kind of like, one, you know, yeah, don't I take actually, that yeah. as a compliment, and two, like, don't fucking brag about yeah. it to me. I now that you mentioned yeah. that, I can think of a few myself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. I'm like, you know, it's, it's kind of like bragging about being. It's like bragging about being pre-approved for a credit card. Right. It's like those kind of dudes will holler at anything with right. two legs and a vagina. You right. Know, it doesn't. It's right. not a compliment. And if we're gonna complain about it, it's because we're honestly bothered by it, not right. because we're like, oh my god, this guy who's a complete stranger to me on the street said I had a nice dude. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he's never said that to anybody else in the hopes of getting laid by right. a complete stranger. Right. I don't know. Just me. Yes. <laughs> yes. We need more solidarity about that kind of stuff, I think. Indeed. And I mean, but I don't know how to really, like, yeah. I mean, what, what do you do? Like, you know, I mean, some women, it probably, that's probably like the most kind of recognition and compliment that they get. Well, I'm sure some women are into that, but, you know, yeah. a lot of women are. And I think it's, it, I would prefer that people played it on the safe side and didn't, you know, and right. then, like you mentioned, there's ways of being friendly and engaging and, conversation right. without being a gross creep. And complimenting. People, yeah. And know? if you, you know, and, and that's definitely an end to getting into people's pants. And you're probably going to get into more people's pants by right. taking that route because you're not going to scare off the people that don't like creeps. I think we can pretty yes. much wrap it up and safely wrap this up. Yes. Um, well, this is the kind of weather that if we had this, like, you know, like 30 days in a row, like you were suggesting, um, the city would be way overpopulated. <laughs> I think the only, San Francisco is so cool that so many people move here, but it's it, it maintains sustainable population levels only because the weather is so bad. It chases people off. I think Portland's kind of the same way. They're, they've Maybe. been a little more successful than I Maybe. Have. I mean, <laughs> to, to me, the weather is still pretty good even when it's bad. That's true. That's true. Coming from Edmonton, I'm sure it's uh, it's nice not to be buried in six feet of snow every right. night. Or have it at minus 50. Yeah. You know, I can appreciate that, and I've never even been in it. It can feel really weather. cold here sometimes, but it's never minus 50. That's true. It's something to keep in mind. Yes. Yes, all you ungrateful uh, Bay Area r residents and L.A. residents and other residents of areas that don't get snow, be thankful. Right. Um, yes. Let's wrap this up. All right. And well, I think I think I, we can podcast again next week, right? I think so. I think we can. Definitely. Um, yeah. I think our listeners should share strategies and or stories of uh, for and about street harassment. Yes. On I behalf of gross dudes. Yes. What do you do? Yes. And if you're a gross dude who harasses women on the street, explain um, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Justify your existence. The Cosmopolitan Hour at gmail.com. Yes. Hooray. This was fun. It let's was. do it again sometime. Yes, let's. <laughs>